All right, friends, on today's episode of the Thrive Forward podcast, we are talking about 10 things that you can do before the end of the year to make sure that you are financially well. Now, that being said, of course, these aren't going to be applicable to everyone, but it's a great place to start. So I encourage you to share this with those individuals in your household who are managing the finances with you. Anyone that you think could benefit from this, they are 10 super easy categories for you to consider before the end of the year and wrapping up 2021. So let's dive in. All right, friends, you know that I am super passionate about financial planning. As we talk about the 10 things that you need to consider before the end of the year, let's make sure that we're talking about number one involving those important parties in your financial planning picture. I call them your personal board of directors. Now, they are much more vast than the three individuals I'm going to speak on today. And if you want to revisit the episode where we start to talk about those things, you definitely can. But today we're going to talk about your financial advisor or financial planner either myself or someone else that you trust. And then you're going to involve your tax accountant or your CPA and your estate planning or attorney. Those are the three individuals that we are going to talk about today, but they're very critical in any end year planning. So we talked about that a little bit in our last episode where we discussed end of the year giving, which will be a subtopic that we talk about, talk about today. But if you are just tuning into this episode, let's start with really making sure you know who those critical individuals are who are going to support you. The next piece that I want you to consider before the end of the year or number two would be, where's your financial plan? Do you need to update any goals, add change or remove any goals that you have achieved or things that have changed? So many things have changed over the last couple of years. And the one thing that we can always count on is change and life transitions happen. So are those goals or things that need to be adapted and changed? Remember your personal board of directors isn't going to know everything that's happening in your day-to-day life. So it's important for you to communicate with them because they do want to help you and they want to be able to work together. When you have a really cohesive team, although they might not always work for the same organization, they want to work on your behalf, in your best interest. But it is important that you communicate with them. I remind my clients constantly, I'm not a mind reader. So I do need to understand what has changed in your life because it will change what we do from a financial planning perspective. In that financial planning process, as a couple of subcategories to that, I want you to review your net worth and your cash flow. Have you paid anything off? Have you added a new liability? Are you, did you get a raise? Did you change a job? Has anything changed in your cash flow? Did you refinance your home so your mortgage payment is less? Did you pay off any student loans? Congratulations if you did. Are you making any additional contributions anywhere to savings or investments that you need to account for in your cash flow? So that's all a part of number two, which is making sure that you revisit your financial plan as an overall vision aspect of things. What is it that you want to be able to achieve and how are you doing that? The number three thing is, all right, friends, we've experienced this a lot over the coming years. And I'm sure as you are listening to this, you can either name either for yourself or someone in your life where something has happened and you've needed to pivot or change the word of 2020, right? 
we're rounding out 2021, but we're bringing it back from 2020. It's that emergency plan. How much do you have in savings? Well, my friend, if you are someone who is a W-2 employee and on a salary and your regular employment happens every week or every two weeks, or you have a regular paycheck coming in is what I'm saying, I usually say somewhere between three to six months, leaning towards nine months of living expenses in your savings account. A lot of times, some individuals will say just what you need Like, what do you need? I advise, what do you want in your lifestyle that you wouldn't want to change if something happened to you? Do you still need to be able to have therapy? Do you still need to be able to work out at the gym? Do you still need to have your supplements and eat healthy and do all of those things? Not just eat ramen noodles and sit on the couch and binge watch Netflix. You need to be able to have a healthy lifestyle anytime a transition happens in your life. So include those when you're calculating any of that cash flow. So you're looking at what do you need in your savings account for those nine months, up to nine months. Now, if you are an entrepreneur or a business owner, I strongly suggest that that um, number increases. We had seen so many business owners in 2020 and even in 2021 who were affected by the closing of the economy and the recession and the pandemic itself. And we are still having so many businesses that are recovering from that. So I want you to strongly consider having longer than nine months in savings, upwards of 12 months in savings to cover yourself in a year so that you wouldn't have to necessarily change your lifestyle. Look, I understand that that isn't capable for everyone. So start a little bit at a time to make sure that you're getting towards that nest egg. If something were to happen to you and you were to lose a job, you wouldn't put yourself in more liability or risk of having to take on more debt. Again, that means kind of looking at what is coming in and what is going out. Has anything changed from an income standpoint? Are there any bills or subscriptions that you don't really need? I find this constantly when we do a cash flow analysis for my clients. They're like, oh, I thought I canceled that subscription or I didn't know I had so much that I had in terms of subscriptions. Look, I get it. They're going to get you when you scroll social media and they got the cute little box and every month, everybody loves receiving mail. You know, here's a great idea. Get a group of friends together and all of you guys send yourselves something every month so you can make up for that mail that you receive by receiving a nice, beautiful card from one of your friends that really doesn't cost that much money and isn't something that's on repeat for $100 every single month of a box of something that you'll probably never use and sits in your closet just collecting dust. Not calling any of you out, but I'm just saying evaluate what are the things that you're spending money on and are they really something that you need and do they fit into your emergency plan and do you have enough in savings? That's number three. Number four, let's pulse check how our wealth is growing. So what does your investment portfolio look like? Is it time for you to rebalance your portfolio? If you are an individual investor who is controlling your investments yourself, this is something that you need to consider. If you're utilizing an advisor, well, I darn hope that they are rebalancing for you. And if you want to have a better understanding of that, any good advisor is going to give you when are they rebalancing your portfolio and how often and what does that look like. But at the end of the year, you want to make sure Are you in line with what your risk tolerance is? This is also something that you would want to revisit as a part of that investment review. 
are you still, do you still have the same appetite for risk? Do you like Sunday drives or roller coaster rides is how I put it to most of my clients. What do you feel comfortable with when you open that statement? Has something changed in your life that you don't feel comfortable with that anymore? Are you now retired versus working? Are you now on a solo income versus a two income household? Lots of things can change that might change that trajectory of what that risk tolerance might be. Also understand with any changes of that risk tolerance, how that's going to impact you over the test of time with rising costs of different expenses that you might have in your life. And are you, you know, keeping pace with inflation? And if you're not, are you comfortable with that? Those are things that you need to ask yourself as a part of your investment review. The other piece of your investment review to consider is how are you making contributions to your wealth? So many times people think that your wealth grows just by your rate of return in your portfolio. The newsflash is putting money into it also helps it grow. So have you made your contributions to a Roth IRA, your 401k, a deductible IRA, your HSA, your 529s, your donor advised funds? How are you contributing to those pieces within your investment portfolio and have you made them before the end of the year? Again, bringing in your financial planner, your tax advisor, and your estate planning attorney to make sure that everything is in line with the vision that you have discussed and created with them. And going back to number one, in reviewing your financial plan, if anything has changed, I'm guessing that a lot of these contributions are as well. So making sure that you are turning on what you need to, turning off what you might need to, um, or expanding upon other things if that's where you are in your wealth journey. And number five, again, not a tax advisor, but these are the things that you need to specifically consider when talking to your tax accountant or your financial planner. They work very closely together when it comes to strategizing in these areas. But many times, as especially mutual fund investors, if you're invested in mutual funds outside of a retirement account, you're going to experience capital gains, dividends, and interest that you might have to be able to pay on your tax returns for that said year. Can you anticipate what these are going to be? Do you have any losses that you can sell to overcome any gains so that you don't have as large of a tax liability? These are things to consider as you're going into the end of the year. Also, consider the time frame in which you are holding any of these securities because there are more favorable tax treatments if you hold them for a longer period of time. Not anything against day trading or anything like that, but you want to make sure that you're consulting your tax advisor when it comes to any short-term sales that you're making within your securities portfolio. The next piece is looking at your deductions. Are there any room for you to make any contributions to any deductible IRAs, for you to make any other contributions for any year-end bonuses that you might have that could offset 401k contributions, different things like that? You could be looking at those. Remember that your 401k contributions are maxed out, not at what your employer is maxing out, but actually maxing out at a particular dollar amount. So 2021, the max out for your 401k is going to be $19,500. So a lot of times I hear clients who say, oh yeah, I maxed out my, my 401k. Well, maxing out your 401k is a little bit different if you're just maxing out to, let's say, the match that your employer would give versus the $19,500. You do have up to that dollar amount inside a 401k. That being said, 
Um, also, uh, strategize in the long term. Just contributing short term from a tax perspective does mean that if you're adding to a bucket that you have to pay taxes on down the road, although it may be good for you now, working with your financial planner will help you understand what it is that's going to affect you in the long term. And as that continues to grow over the test of time, are you putting yourself in a more tax burden status in retirement. So just evaluating how all of those things work together. Uh, Nothing against CPAs and tax accountants. They're in their lane and they are focusing on what they need to get done and they want you to have the lowest taxable situation as possible and making some of those contributions more that lower your income now might affect you in the long term. So you just want to consider that balance of deductions now versus tax payment in the future. Well, hello there, friend. We're going to take a little break from the podcast real quick, mainly because I have something super fun launching in January of 2022, and it's just for you. We are creating a community. Not that we don't have one already with the Thrive Forward podcast and the Forethought Planning family, but we want you to be a part of it. And we are opening up an opportunity for a group of women to gather together every month to talk about money. This is a safe, sacred space that we will create and every month we will have a different topic that we focus in on. This is a shame-free space, non-judgment place for us to learn, gather, and share. So many of the topics will be around financial behaviors, financial strategies, things of that sort to take into place. By no means is this individual financial advice, but rather for you to gather together with like-minded individuals to advance your knowledge and empower yourself to start making those decisions to thrive your life forward. So if you are interested, please go to forethoughtplanning.com backslash wealth circles to apply to be a part of our awesome circles that are starting January, 2022. You won't wanna miss out. Now back to more of our episode. For my business owners, do not wait until April 15th of 2022 to start getting things in order. I highly, highly, highly encourage you to utilize resources like QuickBooks. They are so accessible on your mobile devices or on your laptop to be able to upload, connect to your invoice system to be able to categorize everything so you are not waiting till the last minute. So if you want to give yourself a gift as a business owner, I strongly encourage a gift of QuickBooks. I know that's a financial nerdy thing to say, but it will help you out so that you aren't tallying those wonderful receipts at the eve of April 15th. I laugh and giggle every single time I see a post from an entrepreneur that is staying up late on April 14th or whatever the tax date is or applying for an extension because they haven't kept themselves organized. My friend, QuickBooks will do it for you. Just allow yourself to do that and pay yourself forward in that capacity. All right, number six is looking at your income. Speaking of, um, talking about getting yourself organized as a business owner, income projections are great for business owners or non-business owners, right? What are your sources of income? What do you have? Are there any additional resources needed? 
Do you need to look at a part-time job, a side hustle, something on the side to help you get to the place that you want to go? Where are you pulling income from? Let's say you're retired. What are those avenues that are most uh, applicable for you to be pulling from? I say this all the time to my clients. Don't you want to have a choice of where you're pulling your income from in retirement? And the answer is usually yes. I would say 99% of the time it's yes, I'd love to have a choice. That seems like a no-brainer. Well, where are the best places that you're pulling for income from and are you maximizing that? And still withstanding our previous topic of tax planning and pulling from the most tax advantaged places for yourself. Is it time for you to ask for a bonus or a raise? Look, friend, we have all been strained over the last couple of years of working really hard and sometimes doing multiple jobs at once because our staff is short-staffed or whatever it might be. Is it time for you to tap your leadership team on the shoulder and say, hey, I've been doing this X, Y, Z, and my job description says X, Y, not Z. Is there any room for me to be increased or a bonus this year? Hey, what's the worst thing that they can say? No, but at least you asked and you didn't leave money on the table. Also, something that you want to look at is, are you withholding enough from your paycheck? Are you ending up paying in every year because you're not evaluating how much taxes should be withheld from your paycheck to begin with? Or are you withholding too much and getting a huge refund at the end of the tax time? Evaluate what your withholdings are and understanding that. All right. Number seven is that pulse check of, I like to call it insurance planning, risk planning, or that overall sometimes blanket of security protection for you. That being said, of course, we're not saying that anything is protected or guaranteed from an investment standpoint. But when we look at insurance planning, we're looking at it as a resource for being able to protect our loved ones in case something were to happen to us or protecting ourselves in case something were to happen to us. Looking at your car insurance, your homeowner's insurance, your um, if you're a business owner, really reevaluating what your health benefits look like looking at your life insurance and evaluating, do you have enough to cover not just salary replacement? A lot of times it's replacement of life. And who are those individuals in your household who we need to make sure are covered in case something were to happen to them? These are all things that sitting down with your financial advisor, or if you utilize a separate insurance partner, that would be something that you would want to make sure that you loop those individuals in and have that conversation around. And number eight is estate planning. You know me, I'm pretty good about talking about the end of life scenarios. That being said, it's important while you're still living to make sure that all of those things are executed on. So when or if you do pass away in a premature fashion, your family is well taken care of. Making sure that those beneficiaries on your employee policies and on those old 401ks, if you haven't rolled them over, or those small stock accounts that you trade on, have a beneficiary listed. Have you revisited who's your power of attorney? Do you have healthcare directives and a will at minimum? Those are all things that you can utilize your estate planning attorney and your partner to be able to utilize. 
I do not recommend looking for internet advice in those scenarios. Everyone's so everyone's personal scenario is about as personal as your DNA. So you need to make sure that you utilize a partner that can tell that story for you and spell out the legal documents that you need so that you don't end up in a scenario where the things that you want are not properly executed on because you do have the control to be able to do that while you are living. All right, number nine. Uh, We talked a little bit about this in the entire episode last week or the previous weeks around charitable donations and contributions and giving. I encourage you to listen to that episode, but evaluating where are you giving and how are you giving by the end of the year. Number 10, lastly, rounding up this entire list and then we'll put a bow on it, is looking at your credit report and understanding the privacy issues that might entail and making sure that you're not having anything on your credit report that isn't supposed to be there. Are you protecting all of your passwords and making sure that you have things in a really safe spot? You don't want, especially nowadays with so many different things happening from an internet capacity or privacy issues or hacking, for your data to be breached. Asking your financial partners and professionals, your personal board of directors and yourself, where are you keeping this data and how secure is it? It's really important that you work with a partner that understands how important internet security is and the security of your personal data information. That being said, a credit report is a great place to start with understanding if anything is on there that shouldn't be there. Once a year, you are actually totally capable of pulling your credit report for free. You don't have to pay for it. You can go to any one of the three credit credit bureaus and request your credit report. Uh, That being said, there are also credit monitoring agencies. You can also put a freeze on your credit, understanding that, again, that's a personal situation and you need to understand that you would need to unlock it at any point that you might be applying for credit. So kind of that privacy security piece of things. So let's go back through the 10 things that you should be doing before the end of the year. Establishing your personal board of directors, checking in with them, looking at your financial plan, are everything in order? Do you need to change any goals? What does your net worth look like? What does your cash flow look like? Number three, what is your emergency plan? Again, going back to that cash flow, are you set in case you need to fund six months without any income? Do you have something set aside to be able to do that? What areas can you cut back on in order to make sure that you're okay? Number four, checking in on your investments. Have you made your contributions? Have you rebalanced? What is your risk appetite? All of those things. Number five, looking at your tax planning. What capital gains can you anticipate? Are there any deductions missing? Oh, and my business owners, don't forget your your holiday present to yourself of QuickBooks. Income planning at number six, understanding where things are coming in. Are you making those adequate deductions from your payroll? Is it time for you to ask for that bonus? Number seven, insurance. Reviewing all of your policies and making sure that you are protected the way you desire to be protected. Estate planning at number eight. Again, review those beneficiaries, my friends. I have seen where old ex-spouses or different parties have been on policies that were not meant to be there because we did not update our beneficiaries. Don't have your assets going somewhere you don't want to flow because you avoided looking at 
those statements. Number nine, again, charitable donations. You can check out our web, our previous episodes specifically on that, but allocating where do you want your money to go for the end of the year? And lastly, making sure that you're checking your credit report and understanding how you're setting yourself up to make sure that your data is private. If you have found today's episode valuable, well, my friends, I hope you did. We spent some time putting together this list for you and we'll be putting together a checklist online as well. If you'd like to receive that checklist, you can simply go to forethoughtplanning.com backslash resources and download our checklist today. If you feel like this is an episode that someone else in your life would find valuable, well, we would love if you shared it with them. And as always, my friend, as you are rounding out the year, don't wait till the last minute because you are worthy of wealth. The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of Forethought Planning, Advisors Pied, or LPL Financial. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities are offered through LPL Financial and member of FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Advisors Pride, an SEC registered investment advisor. LPL Financial, Advisors Pride, Forethought Planning, and the guests of the the Thrive Forward podcast are separate and unaffiliated parties.